Good afternoon. It's been quite a while since I had the 5 p.m. mass on Sunday, so I have missed you. As some of you may remember, I've just returned from a pilgrimage to Assisi and to Rome, and it was without a doubt an experience that would stay with me for a lifetime. It was absolutely incredible to walk, to see, and even to touch so many aspects of history, history of the Western civilization and history of the Catholic Church as well. That being said, what I'm going to share with you might sound a little puzzling and might be considered perhaps the opinion of the minority. But for me, there is such a thing as too much of a good thing. What do I mean by that? Within a span of seven days, we got to see so many magnificent and beautiful churches that it became a bit of an overwhelming experience. We almost became distracted and, for the lack of a better word, saturated by so much beauty. So much so that it became a little difficult to pray. Now, does that mean it was a lousy, lousy pilgrimage? No, not at all. Because even when my senses were overloaded, God had a way to help me refocus and to encounter Him. Let me share with you two concrete examples. First, in Assisi. Assisi has got to be one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to in my life. A town on top of the mountains, which for this Floridian was a unique experience. Now, while we were there, we visited three basilicas. The Basilica of St. Francis, the Basilica of St. Clair, and the Basilica of Our Lady of the Angels, where St. Francis began the Order of the Franciscans. All three were massive compounds and were stunningly beautiful. But for me, the most peaceful place to pray was actually a very small old church called La Chiesa de Santa Maria Maggiore, where Blessed Carlo Acutis was buried. It was very difficult to locate that church, which was small and old and plain. And the sanctuary was practically empty except for a crucifix and a statue of Our Lady. And then off to the right was the tomb of Blessed Acutis. The building itself could not have held more than a hundred people at a time. And that evening when I celebrated Mass, there were only six people attending. It was bitter cold and the church had no heat. But for me, it was a powerful and a very prayerful experience to kick off the pilgrimage. The second, the second example took place in the Vatican. I was honored and privileged to celebrate Mass 
in all four major basilicas of the popes. So St. Peter Basilica, St. Paul outside of the wall, St. Mary Major, and St. Paul, and, and St. John Lateran. Um, magnificent experience. Now it's a side story. I thought I was gonna be escorted out of St. Peter's by the Swiss guard. And it was all because of a nun. So recently, Pope Francis changed the rule, and it ma he made it very difficult to request to say private mass at St. Peter's Basilica. But somehow, I sent in an email, and they gave me a slot to celebrate mass in a small chapel only a few feet away from the tomb of St. Peter. So this was like an amazing opportunity. So I went in to celebrate mass with a religious sister at 7.15 in the morning. On my left, the other chapel, there was one bishop celebrating Mass. Right outside was the Cardinal um, Secretary of State, Parolin, was celebrating Mass for a group of pilgrims. And we were given a slot of 25 minutes. You must be done and be out in 25 minutes. So I was celebrating Mass. I gave Sister communion. And then I was cleaning the vessel when I heard music blasting. Sister had pulled out her iPad and started playing music in the chapel. And I thought, oh my gosh, the, the guard's going to come in and escort me out, and then the Pope is going to write a letter to my bishop saying that Father Martin misbehaved and he's banned from St. Peter's forever. <laughs> now, while we were there, I, was also had, I also had a chance to celebrate Mass at Santa Maria in Trastevere, which is one of the oldest churches in Rome. Now, this was supposed to be the low tourist season. But my gosh, there was so many people. Everywhere we went, there was tourists with selfie sticks and chatters in various languages. And so after a few days of walking to behold all these wonders of the Catholic faith, as an introvert, I was completely drained. Now, thankfully, God provided me with a beautiful place to recharge. And it was the rooftop of the residence for the 13 special confessors for St. Peter's. This is a group of priests that main job, their main job was to hear confessions of all pilgrims and tourists at St. Peter's Basilica. And so on the rooftop of that building, an elderly Taiwanese priest had created this beautiful garden to grow vegetables for the people in the house. There we were in a place mobbed with tourists in the hub of political and ecclesiastical power. Literally, we were about a, couple, a few hundred feet away from where the Pope was taking his afternoon nap. And it was so incredibly peaceful to see this priest tending to his precious vegetables and feed the birds. Maybe I'm just a strange person, but for me, yes, it was nice to visit all these attractions. But it was definitely in these two lesser known places that I experienced God most tangibly. 
Now, please don't get me wrong. I am not bragging about my trip. My hope is to connect my experiences with the gospel that you and I have just heard. And the hope is to provide you with a fresh perspective on a story that you and I have known so well. Recall how our Lord took three of his closest disciples on a high mountain, and there he was transfigured before them. Now, the transfiguration was intended to give these disciples a glimpse into the glory of heaven. It was meant also to give them strength before the trauma of the passion of our Lord. Now, mind you, though, the Lord Jesus was with his disciples day in and day out for three years. They ate with him. They slept by him. They worked alongside him. They even saw with their own eyes many miracles. But only when they were taken away from the hustles and the bustle of life, from all the mundane activities, were they able to experience the Lord and his divinity in the most evident way. And to apply that to our reflection today, my friends, to quote St. Peter, it is good that we are here. It is good that we are here away from the hustle and bustle of life, away from all the expectations and the demands, many of which are good and important. That being said, like the disciples, we ought to be able to be away by ourselves in order to experience God, to listen, to encounter, and to be nourished by Him so that our faith may be strengthened in the midst of the daily challenges that often leave us weary, stressed, and discouraged. And just like the disciples, we're not going to be able to hold on to these God's moments forever. No, not while we're still here on this earthly journey, but at least, at least we can cherish them as much as we can. In just a moment, right before us, a transfiguration will take place. Bread will be changed into Christ's body and wine into his blood. In just a moment, all the angels and saints will gather around this altar to adore and to worship. Why don't we allow our eyes of faith to be opened just a little? so that we could behold his magnificent beauty? Why don't we allow our ears of faith to open just a little so that we can listen to him? Listen to him, tell us what? Listen to him, tell us, rise and be not afraid. Listen to us, telling us, listening to him, telling us, come to me. 
all you who labor and find life burdensome, and I will give you rest. Listen to him telling us, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have called you, and you are mine. My friends, indeed, it is good that we are here.